Welcome to Bubla. All right. Hello and welcome to Bubbler with Mick and Carrie. This is the only time I'm ever going to point this out, but you and I are probably going to say this differently than each other, but you actually are using the correct local enunciation of the origin of the term. That is correct, Vic. My homeland of Massachusetts would refer to Bubbler as a bubbla, which is also a water fountain. So school-age kids would raise their hand and say, may I go to the bubbla? Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time you wrapped your lips around a bubbla? Oh, man. Pre-pandemic, I, I would assume. Yeah, definitely pre-pandemic. I actually prefer those new um, water bottle fill stations over a bubbla. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's definitely been a minute. But it's been many, many minutes. Minutes. Many minutes? Many minutes um, that I referred to it as a bubbler because, you know, I am currently in the great state of Texas where they would not know what I was talking about. But let's talk about tomorrow's the water cooler conversation. And it is UFOs or UAPs is what we've been told by the government to call them now. UAPs, that that term was fascinating to me. And they changed it. I had to look it up three times to figure out what UAP stood for. Well, I'm using it as Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Okay. So I have Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon. Mm. Mm. We could talk about why I think they changed it to anomalous in a little bit here. But my first thought is, because remember, you're going into a water cooler, you're not walking in with your pen and paper. So our conversations aren't scripted. We're not going to sit here and, and have a point counterpoint. What is the first memory that you can think of UFOs? You're just your first awareness of the topic. Okay. So great question. Um, and you're right. We're never prepared for the conversation at the water cooler, right? So like you walk in and Ned's talking about the UFOs that he saw last night. It's usually how that starts, right? Right. So I remember vividly, and I don't know why, I remember my mother telling me after we saw something on television, I don't remember what it was, that she had seen a UFO in her backyard. Shut the front door. No, I'm dead serious. If my mom is listening, hi, mom, we may have to have her give me the the details. But this as a young child is what I remember. It occurred in her backyard. It was a long cigar shaped kind of see-through, I believe, kind of like the Wonder Woman uh, plane where you could see people in it. Really? Um, Yes. And it was hovering in the backyard. Yes. So, and, and that's my earliest memory of talking about UFOs. And I do also, and I don't know if it was before or after this conversation occurred, but I do remember driving home and we had a about a 30 minute drive to my grandmother's house. And on the way home, it was always dark. And I always remember staring out the window and looking up. There's another core memory where like kind of everything was swirling. And for all I know, it may have been a dream and I was sleeping and whatever. But I just always remember looking up at the sky and thinking, wow, you know, there's just got to be something up there. I mean, how could we, how could it not? Right. It just never made sense to me as a kid. I always just assumed that there was something else going on. Wow. I did not know that you were going to start out the gate with that much familiarity with it. Did your mother live in the Northeast close to the Atlantic Ocean at that time? 
Well, yeah, we would. We so I grew up in Massachusetts, um, and both my mom and dad also grew up in Massachusetts. So we were in the suburbs, um, outside the city of Boston. Yes, they both did. So that would be, I mean, not close to the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, it, you know, I live in Texas now, so in perspective, yeah, super close to the Atlantic well, Ocean. And why I ask that is because the few pieces of footage that I have seen that have been at least acknowledged by the defense department or the federal government have all involved the coast. The footage that recently came out where they were kind of forced to acknowledge it was the naval base down in San Diego, down by Coronado. I'm jumping ahead. So I'm going to, I'm just going to mention this and then get back to the early stuff. The most recent released footage as of this recording, the jellyfish video And the jellyfish video part that's not on it, according to the individual that released it, it went over a body of water, submerged and stayed underwater for 17 minutes before coming out and shooting off at a very fast rate at a 45 degree angle, which seems to match some of the other UAP slash UFO military sightings. Now, was um, that in the Pacific? Where where was the body of water? Jellyfish video is the Middle East. But okay, was, but he it, was talking he was talking about a similar uh, jellyfish. No, that jellyfish, it's in the Middle East over a, a large body of water, yeah. and it descended and did that. So, oh, gotcha. Now, most recently, in the, the U.S. military has just flat out issued a no comment on right. the jellyfish video, but the jellyfish video supposedly confirmed by U.S. military personnel as well. So Going back to the over the water, I think that's why they are now calling it anomalous because before everything was very much aerial and flying. And now that they're insinuating or telling us that it's going into the water and they're talking about these devices or beings or whatever have you is actually in the ocean as well. Okay. Okay. So I think, again, I am no scientist. I, I'm putting these things together with my deductive reasoning skills. Let me go back to what did you think at first when your mother told you this? Do you have more revisited mentally? I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever revisited it as a lot of memories as you, when you're a child. Now I'm questioning myself. Like, was that the whole story? Did I, I, I feel like I need to call her now and be like, hey, tell me the story again, which I probably will after this and I can give you a follow-up. But no, I don't know that it carried with me. There are several things I think that I was taught at a young age. One things being, you know, there has to be more than just this and be open-minded. There could be more than meets the eye. So a lot of that, and I grew up in a real... Now I know more liberal. As a kid, I didn't really understand that. I I feel like growing up in the 80s, like we knew people were disagreeing, but I, I, again, and I'll often come back to don't put a label on it, but I feel like growing up, I don't ever remember like the political differences, right? I knew there were Democrats and Republicans, but I just, I was never, I don't, I, I just feel like now it's so polarizing. Everything's so polarizing. And growing up, it was just grandma and my mom couldn't get along with a conversation. <laughs> and we didn't really know why. I always had this just embedded, you don't know 
until you know, and you need to be open-minded and always be fair in your thought process. And so I think that's probably what I took away from it was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. How is it possible? I'm, I, how is it possible that we're the only people or the only beings or how, how, when I look up in the sky, is it not possible? Which might go back to my swirling clouds. It could be daydreaming. It could have been a dream. It could have been real. I don't know. So I don't know that it was any any follow-up to it, but I definitely think that it's something that's just inherent in me now is to to really just not assume that the world revolves around me. So let's be very upfront too. We're not a conspiracy theorist no. podcast either. I mean, we grew up during the phenomenon of E.T., the Steven Spielberg film. Uh-huh. And if you think about it, he shifted kind of the way we looked at aliens. So you had close encounters of the third kind before this. That movie was really a little before our time, but thanks to HBO, which was our streaming service. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember what a big deal it was to get that box and your family finally splurged on HBO. But I remember they were like, you're going to pay for television. Right. We were horrified. So that's how I discovered close encounters. But I remember going to the movie theater with my family to see E.T. Me too. Me too. And then all of a sudden there was kind of a little alien UFO hysteria in the positive way. We wanted there to be aliens and we wanted to find E.T. And so they kind of had us all excited about it all of a sudden culture pushed back the doubts and, and didn't want us to be all amped and excited about the possibilities of uh, well, extraterrestrial life and UFOs. And it became kind of more of the conspiracy theory and the shows that did have it on unknown mysteries and all those type of shows. It became more about the alien abduction stories and kind of took the, uh, the, the polish and the luster of the early 80s away from it. Well, I, well, here's the thing. And again, these are our opinions and our water cooler talk. We have to remember that, what was it, in the late 30s when War of the Worlds on the radio, was it Orson Welles who had that? Um, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. They were terrified. The aliens were invading right now. So there was many years of cleanup of that. <laughs> Um, where people were afraid and they were um, some terrified by that. You know, I, I think as we introduced film and television, I think it probably just kind of evolved into a more fun. I mean, where did Alf come from? He was an alien, right? There was that spike in interest on the topic because of the movie E.T. Exactly. So I do think there was kind of this fun, exciting, like, ooh, what's out there? But you're right. I think it did t- take a little bit of a, a pause. And, you know, we're not conspiracy theorists. Truly, we're not. We don't have that much energy. Where I do feel like we are fed, you know, some of the information in a certain way, right? It's somewhat convenient that we've been talking about, and we'll have this on a different podcast, I'm sure. But when I think about artificial intelligence in social media and how the, you know, my daughter who's in her teens is like, no, that's AI. That's not real. Like they can spot a real thing versus an AI. All of this is kind of coming to a head at the same time. It's like, okay, AI is not real, but aliens are. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's, it's, it's so interesting. It's extremely crazy. Let's go back the War of the Worlds fiasco. 
you know, that movie's been remade a couple times. The original broadcast was a, a radio play by Orson Welles. They didn't do a lot of pre-advertising. And so when people turned on their radios, they thought that an alien attack was taking place. And it created mass hysteria. The fallout of that, and this is what you were kind of alluding to or talking about, was our government became kind of like, okay, well, we got to be careful with this. Look at how people reacted. Right. So I think they either, depending on who you ask, again, I think it's funny that we're having a topic where we have to say this multiple times. We're not conspiracy theorists. The government saw a, a case of mass hysteria that could have become very destructive and used that. This is a warning sign. We need to be careful with this topic. Or B, the general public was not that bright and they were going to have to decide what we could and could not process and digest. I think the War of the Worlds has probably been cited multiple times when a general wants to put the argument against how much the disclosure there should be to the general public. Sure. You know, that jellyfish one, which is the new, quote unquote, new surprising video, that footage is from 2018. Yeah, let's talk about this jellyfish footage for a minute. I know. I mean, I get the fact that there's a military concern. I get that. Like if if there's something out there that they can't contain, control, destroy, whatever, I get that. Like that that's a problem, right? I struggled when I saw this video. It just doesn't look real to me. There's just something about it that I can't I don't know what it is. I just look at it and I'm like, that doesn't look real. It just it doesn't look like a real thing. It looks like it was superimposed. It looks like AI. It looks like whatever my brain thinks is not real. And I I, I can't pinpoint what it is, but I, I don't buy it. So far, the military's response is no comment. Right. So there could be a couple of reasons. A, they may be trying to figure out how the video was done, if it is bogus. I'm kind of with you because when I first saw it, I'm like, really, this is the breakthrough video everyone's talking about. But when you talk about the fact that there was something about it that your brain just wasn't processing, I think that goes back to why your daughter is able to quickly acknowledge something is AI generated is something that I recently learned a lot about. For your brain to process something, it has to have a point of reference. Yeah. It blows me away that when you described uh, what your mother told you about, that is a form of UFO that's just recently been discussed. It was always the saucer, the disc, the triangles, the lights. I've seen one of the, another, I think it's Air Force or Navy video of the cylinders. The pilots are watching this live. They're talking to people at base. It's on the radar of these cylinders that were just going around them without any issue. That was the first time I'd ever heard anything about a cylinder. Really? That's yes. so interesting. Yeah. And and then there's a more recent one that there was this first piece of matter that has entered our galaxy, according to science, from outside of our galaxy. And it looks like a long cylinder meteor. The same people that are saying this is a UAP UFO, its flight patterns were not based on gravity or you know an asteroid. But then some scientists are saying no. 
that's what proves that it's meteor or something that it's organic is the way it reacted to the gravity of the sun and different things. And it's a cylinder, but it looks like a rock formation. Look, I believe that there is a- aliens or non-human beings. And I also believe in, you know, different uh, UAPs. I believe in that. What I'm not believing in is that video. I don't know. I it, There's something about it just is rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah, I just, for me, I just feel like there's so much more technology. And when you think about technology and how long it actually makes it to just us, you know, just regular folk (laughs) getting our stuff, there's no way um, that there isn't other things that we're working on. And I I don't know what congressman it was, but he made the comment, and we're referring to the, the documentary that's on Tubi, I think TMZ did it. Um, is the one that we keep referring back to. He he was talking about it can't be China because if they had this type of technology that they they would have used it already. And it can't be Russia because if they had it, then there wouldn't be the Ukraine war. And I completely disagree with that. I just think that is just a basic filibuster. I mean, obviously, there is way more technology. I will say there was a point when they were describing eyewitness description of that um, jellyfish. And that was more interesting to me. Um, What it looked like up close was, you know, it was covered in what they were saying is scales. Now that is more interesting to me than the the video is the eyewitness accounts of it. But I, I really feel like that we would be so naive to think that there isn't way more technology, stuff that we can't even comprehend right now that's being tested. And so I don't think it's out of the realm to have these things. Oh my gosh. I thought I was going to throw you for a loop with something similar. I thought I had you, I was all excited about where I was going to go. And you're, you're, you're again heading in the same direction in the actual congressional hearings, the individual that they're referring to as the whistleblower, David Grush, who's a former Uh U S intelligence. He said, that the U.S. is in possession, the UAPs that somehow crashed or whatever, and supposedly the U.S. is also in possession of what he called non-human biologics. My only real interaction with a, a friend or family member who had what they alluded to as firsthand knowledge was I have a family member who was a member of the Rangers and he's an engineer. The only thing he really said is he's like, at one point, what we would use uh, a microchip for today, the, the jump that happened overnight in technology is unexplainable. You know, how we all of a sudden went from the standard chip to the microchip to the chip. Yep. Pin. According to him, there's no real obvious chain of succession, right? That was him saying as much as he was willing to say to me about reverse engineering. But we forget about the world outside of us. And that is one of the upsides of social media and the ability for us to shoot video on our phones and mm-hmm. and and try to catch things, live outside of our bubble. The same things that we're seeing around the US are happening all over the world. And there have been supposed reports in Russia in China, in the Middle East, there can't be full disclosure because if we are reverse engineering, obviously we don't want 
the other countries and governments sure. to know what we do possess. And they and and they the same. They and the they same. the same. So maybe we don't have this stuff, or maybe we're really not making much progress. But we don't want them to know that in case they have this stuff and they're making better progress than we are. So we're back in a Cold War again, really. We're more in the Cold War with you know, Russia than we've been since you and I were trained to get under a desk in drills in school for a nuclear war. We're back to that to a degree. You're definitely older than me. And we've got, <laughs> but we've got, you know, what's going on with the Ukraine and we don't know what they have. Now, right. again, going back to what you said, where, well, if Russia had this technology, would they really be having this struggle with the Ukraine right now? Wouldn't they just kind of do what they got to do? Are they still holding those cards close to the chest? So we all may be embellishing what we have or don't have just in case the other guy's doing a little better job with it or has more. Right. It's a game. It's a game. It is a game. I know people don't like to hear that, but it is. But it, remember, this is water cooler talk. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't we're know. We're really not very smart. We just, you know, we just like to chit chat. We want to have a conversation. We want to yes, feel so really good after a conversation. You know, I get my coffee. I'm like, man, that was such a good conversation. That's how yeah, I feel. So before we go back to our desk and get back to our day, let me be very clear. I have no insider knowledge, government official listening to this podcast at work. I have nothing that could put anyone in any incriminating situation. So there is no reason to pay me a visit anytime soon. I got nothing. Yeah. We're just talking. We're just We're talking to hear ourselves talk. All right, Carrie. Do you know what time it is? What time is it, Nick? It's time for Blindside. All right. You ready, Carrie? I'm ready. Bring it. All right. Ross versus Rachel. Were they on a break? They were on a break. Do you think it was okay that he slept with the zero? I do. Girl? I do. And look at how quick I answered that. I was like, ready, go. You were so ready. What makes you think it's okay? Because we're not going to disagree on this one, but maybe we'll disagree on why you <laughs> yeah, think it's I, okay. No, I really do. I uh, So look, they had such a long relationship. You know, from being teenagers all the way up until we were seeing them in their 20s, 30s or whatever. And there was a lot, you know, behind all that. And when you say you're taking a break and you clearly are working in another direction at work, which she was, and there was other things going on that were important to her, that means a break. And, you know, whoever it is, male or female, are going to go, you know, they're sorry for life. themselves. Yes. And they're gonna and they're gonna drown their sorrows. That's what I was trying to say. They're gonna drown their sorrows in whatever it is, right? And I think that he was totally fine with that. They were on a break and let it be, Rachel, for God's sakes. Now remember, this happened in the same evening that she said we should be on a break. I do agree with you for slightly different reasons, not but not necessarily. And and maybe the more we talk about it, we're probably saying the same thing. But here is why I believe that they were absolutely on a break. And of course, she can be mad and hurt that he slept with someone on the same night they broke up. But two things. First off, she clarified that they were on a break. He said, OK, let's go out. Let's grab some pizza, take a walk or whatever he said. 
And she's like, no, I mean a break from us. 100%. So she has a chance to say, well, you know, what I really mean is why don't we not hang out for a couple of days? But no, she's like, a break from us, Ross. You're not getting it. And that- then he goes out. He's obviously uh, distraught. It's not like he went, he grabbed his phone and, and called a, made a booty call. He went out no. to, to do something with his friends. And then he calls her because he's miserable out with his friends. And he hears another guy, the guy that she has had a short fuse with his jealousy. And so from his perspective, he just called his girl, ex-girlfriend's house for that. She's been his ex for all of a couple hours. And the guy that she has yelled at him for being paranoid about is hanging out in her house. They're not at a restaurant. They're not out in public. They're alone. And he's talking in the background. So he loses his his stuff. He loses his shit, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too, though. I do think Rachel, in her defense, I think she was more upset because it was Ross. And it was so out of character for him to do something like that. And I think that that's where the hurt probably came in a little bit more. Do I think he was right? What They were on a break. I think, was it a stupid decision? Sure. But I think for her, it was a lot harder because... It was so out of character for him to do something like that. Like Joey, sure, of course Joey's going to go get two girls after that conversation. Yeah, rem- if you remember, I, I don't remember if it was when the the gang was all locked in the bedroom, but at some point, I think it's Monica mentions to Joey, she's like, "You've gotten over someone in the amount of time it takes you to take a shower." So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I we're going to agree on this one. So this is going to be a short round. We agree. Was it stupid? Of course. Did yeah. he know that the hot Xerox chick was going to hit on him at the bar? Honestly, no. Ross, you would have been stupid if you hadn't jumped on that. The chick was hot. <laughs> I, and I even think it was okay for her to kind of put him through a little hell. Oh, yeah. Before getting no, back I together. get that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I mean, come on. It, it was what she wanted. Not him sleeping with somebody else, but you know. There it is. There's your perspective. <laughs> Male versus female. <laughs> Ross, definitely kind of an idiot and deserved the hell she put him through, but they were on a break. They were on a break. That's right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Have a great day. Get back to work.